0: All right, welcome back, everybody, to the UConn Connect podcast. Uh, as always, this is Michael Lilly here, joined by my good buddy, Neil Height. Neil, how are you doing today?
1: Doing very well. All right. Good well, to be here.
0: Do you want to start us out with uh, some updates about the preachers we, we work with and congregations that they've been at and where they're going?
1: Sure. This past Sunday, the last Sunday in January, that's kind of... Odd to be saying already. Yep. But last Sunday in January, we had Michael McCormick covered Beach Grove for us, uh, AC. Allen went to Cherry Creek, and then I was at Mayland that particular Sunday. This coming Sunday, we have several. Uh, you'll be at Richmond Chapel. Uh, AC will be at Beach Grove. Michael McCormick will be at Hurricane. I will be at Chestnut Mound, and Dennis Hood will cover Mayland for us. So... We've got several that need to be covered. Five, in fact, this this Sunday. And uh, we're doing pretty good for the rest of the month, although I'm still looking for somebody on the 11th, hoping that, that somebody's supposed to get back with me maybe today, okay. whether they can
0: cover that or not. So. Well, we'll be praying for that. And it looks like, just from what I can see, February is a pretty busy month. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of churches needing preachers, so... We'll be praying for all of them and for all of our preachers. Uh, well, Neil, as I texted you a little while ago, uh, without much heads up, <laughs> today uh, I, I thought we'd talk about a little bit about um, the class. I guess we can call it a class that uh, that mostly you put on on every other Thursday evening, um, where we invite some younger or uh, less experienced guys uh, to come in and and talk about uh, just just talk about preaching and and encourage one another so uh, why don't you kind of uh, talk us talk to us a little bit about those Thursday night classes kind of what goes on and, and and really I want to get to why why we do that and why we think that's important sure
1: Well, the idea behind that class is by no means to try to take the place of any formal church school. We're not trying to to do that. But our idea is there are folks who, with little encouragement, might be willing to preach a sermon, but they need a little help putting it together. Or they might be willing to do a devotional, but they have an idea, but they need a little help putting it together. And that was the idea as as we started this. And what we found, uh, a couple of guys... Kind of like start working on their sermons and then they like coming pitching those ideas and say here's my here's some of my points what do you think about this so we kind of kind of bounce ideas off of one another we also talk about the importance of um, the way that you present the lesson you don't you don't need to, to get in the rut of always presenting a lesson exactly the same way because not all material is conducive to being presented the same way. Uh, And this last Thursday, I'll share with you, we, uh, we talked about the fact that when you're preaching, the content's absolutely important. It's gotta be scriptural. No doubt about that. But when you preach, we talked about the fact that other things should come across in the sermon. Compassion. Do you understand that there are folks who need the gospel and your desire is to get to them the, the the gospel and show the compassion for those that are lost that Jesus showed in in, in his ministry. We talked about everything that you say needs to come across in love, not I know more than you do. It's here's what God has given us, and I want you to have part of it too. You know, this that, is the that, love.
0: That makes me uh makes me think about uh, speaking the truth in love. And like you said, all of all of our sermons have to be scriptural they have to be filled with the truth of god's word but they have to be spoken in love and i feel like sometimes we miss the love part we we try really hard to be true not that that's a bad thing but we leave out the love right Uh, i think that's true and we we kind of get uh heavy-handed or we we start looking for toes to step on (laughs) uh and that's that's uh, that's not right. The not the right way to go about it, right? We have to come to people with love and, and put, put them above ourselves because that's really what love is, right? When you care and take action to put somebody else's well-being and what they need above how you feel or what you want to do or what you want to say, uh, and sometimes that's that's a hard balance to strike. But we, we have to we have to do that. It we is have to strike that balance.
1: It is. We talked about the fact that you've got to come across with conviction. You truly believe what you're saying to the point that you want everyone to see. Here's the truth that that God has given us. This is so important. I'm telling you it's important. I believe it's important. I believe you should think it's important. Does it come across that you are convicted that this lesson needs to be heard? Not just by your audience, but by you.
0: Yes. Some of the best sermons that that I've, I personally have, have preached are ones that I needed to hear. Things that I was studying for myself that convicted me to change things I was doing or the way I was acting uh, in certain circumstances uh, that I felt like, if well, if I'm struggling with this, there's other people that are struggling with this too that maybe need to hear this, that maybe need to change how they're doing things too um, and convict ourselves. Uh, as as the ones giving that lesson so yeah absolutely
1: do you come across with passion is it just your head speaking or is it your heart speaking too do does the passion your desire to see god's word spread throughout the world your desire to exhort and uplift those who are in the hearing of the sermon or, or back to that conviction, to convict them of those things that they're doing wrong so they'll come for. Does that come out as passion? And does it come across as urgent? Mm-hmm. We're, we're dealing with things that are eternal. And, and, and so many times, since we can't see it, it's not within our grasp, within our earshot, within our line of vision. Well, that's out there somewhere but we're never promised the next day. I yep. share the story that was shared with us just recently. Um, Sunday <clears throat> evening, we lost one of the ministers of gospel up in, in Bowling Green to a, to a car accident. Kind of a freak accident if you'll read yeah. about it. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that we have tomorrow. So when we preach these lessons, it's not pressure... But it's, we need you to understand the importance and how brief life can be and how the only way to be certain is to be in Christ. Do those things come across? And if those aren't coming across in our sermons, I think we need to step back and look at our sermons and think, okay, what am I missing? What am I missing? A- a- am I really not preaching this out of love or I'm upset about something and I don't want to preach this lesson because these, these people need to hear this and, or is it they're strained from the truth and that's going to cost them their eternal souls and I've got to tell them the truth so they know the truth. Yeah big difference between those two attitudes yeah So that's, that's kind of what we worked on Thursday. Um, we have at times in the past, somebody's asked about a song we looked at a song that that they wanted to lead and we've looked at the timing and the pitch and things like that for something because as you know there's it's not uncommon for you to show
0: up and then to say hey we need a song leader too can you do that too yep or or some of these um some of these churches sometimes it's not so much that they need a song leader they have somebody there that could lead singing but uh they're also the only ones there every Sunday that, that lead singing. And sometimes, uh, as many of us can attest, it's nice to have a break from leading songs every Sunday uh, and preaching every single Sunday. It's, you, you have to exert a lot of your own effort and pour your own spirit into that you uh, right, some pouring into it. That's right. Yeah, and, and sometimes you, it's nice to have a chance to to recharge and to to take part rather than to be the one to, to lead all the time. So that that happens to me um, at several of the congregations that I've gone to, where they say, you know, I've just I've led singing for the last two or three months every single Sunday. Do you would you mind to, to lead singing today as well while you're here? And I, I'm always glad to do it. But, sure. Um, but yeah, that. That's just a reality uh, of it that sometimes people just need to recharge. They do.
1: And what you were saying there, I think about singing. I I personally, I'd rather sing tenor and harmonize with a good song leader and and congregation with the parts. I enjoy doing that. I just... So instead of having to lead every Sunday, sometimes it's nice to be able to, to sing harmony instead of lead and some folks enjoy doing it especially you know some of the guys that that sing bass it's difficult for them to lead some of these higher songs and if they could just get their bass part and boom out their bass and and makes it sound great and and it's easier for them Mm -hmm. it's it's hard for a bass to hit those high notes hard for tenor to hit those low notes so it, it is and when it comes to preaching you know sometimes you need to hear a different perspective if all you ever hear is yourself, I, I begin to wonder, how much growing are we doing? Oh, yes, we're studying, and we're trying to grow, but sometimes you need somebody else to bounce things off of. Yeah. It, the idea of pouring into, if all you're ever doing is pouring out, at some point you need something pouring, poured back into you, yeah. and that... I mean, that, that comes under the idea of, the, of having good elders that you can go to, other preacher friends for art. Yeah. So you can bounce ideas off of them. Hey, what do you think about this? Or just, you know, some, sometimes somebody to study with. Well, what do you think about the, here Here's how I took this and how, this is how I've applied it in my life. Sometimes it's just good to hear other perspectives. Yeah. Bottom line, obviously, it has to stay true to Scripture. Oh, yeah. But sometimes folks will say something and you just look at them like, how did I miss that simple thing that's been in front of my face for the last umpteen years I've been a Christian and you are just now, I just now see it.
0: You know, there's, there's uh, here recently, I've been reevaluating, I guess, my understandings specifically of, of the Gospels. Um, and there's been several things that have really jumped out at me and, and taking on new meaning about some of the things Jesus did and that Jesus said um, that he taught when you put it in the perspective of the, he was a Jewish man. Jesus wasn't a Christian. right? Jesus, <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. He was. And when he taught he taught in a way that Jews understood him. Now he worked miracles amongst the Gentiles every now and then but he didn't he himself said, he, he comes to the Jews, um, and the, the apostles later on brought the message to the Jews first and then the Greek. I mean, Jesus was a Jewish man, and when you understand that, uh, I won't get into the, the weeds about it today, but uh, you, you really start to see things in a bit of a different light uh, when you, you understand what it means to be a Jewish rabbi and how that applies to the way Jesus taught So just an interesting note there. We talked about,
1: you know, the what. Let's talk about the why. Why do we do Thursday nights? It's been two years now, and I had an opportunity to speak with some of the presidents of our Christian colleges, and their lament was, and I believe still is to this day, the numbers who are going into preaching school are diminishing to the point that there is a vast need, not just in Jackson and Putnam County, not just in Tennessee, throughout the world, of folks who are willing to preach the gospel. And, you know, some of the things that they've talked about are things that we've hit on here before that you get this young preacher just out of college. He's wet behind the ears, folks. He may have a lot of biblical knowledge, but he don't have a lot of wisdom. And he goes to a congregation who have a lot of folks there who've lived many years, mm-hmm. have gone through lots of different things, have a lot of life experience, and they want to say, okay, here you go. Here you go. Tell us what we need to do.
0: Yeah. He don't know. <laughs> we put a, we put a lot of pressure on preachers as the church. We do. Um, we expect them, uh, as I kind of heard you put it recently. We we expect sometimes the preacher to be the Christian for us. <laughs> uh, it don't work that way. It does not. Uh, we the the preacher has his role to expound on God's word and to to. Teach God's people, um, but we all have the job of ministry. We all have the title of minister. We are to take care of one another and not put that off, put off hospital visits and and, uh, shut-in visits and phone calls and all these things, just shove them off on the minister and say, okay, here you go, that's your job. And then also at the same time, expect the, the minister to to keep office hours in case somebody needs counseling or somebody needs uh, to just talk to somebody. We all are counselors to each other. Yeah, like absolutely. you said, we every single person in these church pews has lived a whole life and have all this wealth of knowledge and experience and wisdom that we should be passing on to each other. Absolutely. Uh, we like I said, we put we put too much pressure on preachers to to be the Christian for us, um, and it's it it it's intimidating. It
1: is, especially for young men. Yeah. The idea that that you and I talked about, and the elders talked about about this class was maybe give folks the confidence maybe do the devotional or maybe they are willing to do a Sunday night sermon and then maybe they work to a Sunday morning sermon and then they might say, you know what? This is what I want to do. This is what I feel like I need to do. And then hopefully help them find somewhere that they can study and learn even more and be ready to take that on as a full-time minister if that's what they choose to do. I think you're going to see from the way I'm seeing things, you're going to see a lot of what we've called for years, bivocational
0: mm-hmm.
1: preachers, Paul.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, in all fairness, Paul went, he stayed a while, he worked a while with them, and then he moved on. It was time for them to pick up the mantle and and grow. Yeah. Now he, he wanted to come back. He didn't get to come back to everyone he wanted to. But he was planning on coming back. But, It wasn't all placed on Paul.
0: Right. Paul Paul gave a message.
1: Yes. He says, okay, I've I've, I've taught you. I've shown you. Now I need to move on because there's other folks. I mean, Jesus Himself said it. I've got to go to the other cities and preach the good news, Mm -hmm. preach the gospel, preach the kingdom, I think, is the way He put it. So the why here is we want to encourage, and hear me this, please, folks. I don't care if you're 16, 15, or 90. If you think that you would like to maybe just, just put a sermon together in case that one Sunday pops up and the preacher's sick and what are we going to do? Maybe you've got that, what I call, that sermon in your back pocket where you can pull it out and say, well, we're going we're gonna to have a, a worship service and we're going to have a lesson.
0: We're not going to miss a
1: beat. We're not going to miss it.
0: Yeah, and you know we we here at Double Springs are are blessed in that sense that we have several oh, several Lord. several so many people that if Richard just decided to no call no show one Sunday, which I don't believe he would do. No, but uh, mm-hmm. if that happens, I mean Chase could get up and do a lesson. If you're here, you could. If Let's I'm here, enough. I could. I mean, you've got all three of our elders that are, I mean, Absolutely. that's a qualification, right? Like, Absolutely. Perfectly capable. Yeah, we've got guys like Jeff Smith and Kenneth Anderson and, and all, just so, there's so many people. Can't sit here and name them all. It would take oh, no. all, all day oh, no. uh, that, that any of them could, could get up and share a message, right?
1: And they don't necessarily feel like that's their talent, but they are ready to step in if the need arises. Yep. I dare say that if every one of us quote unquote preachers were unable to be at this building on a Sunday morning, there would be someone who would step up and deliver a message and it would be truth from the gospel mm-hmm. and wouldn't have to worry about that message. In fact, you know, we have ours broadcast. I wouldn't think a thing about it Yeah. because it's going to be scriptural. It's going to be straight from scripture. But what, there's so many folks out there say, I just can't do that. I had a good friend who was in high school, and uh, we had to give our report in, I guess it was history. We had to give something. Mm-hmm. And... Part of it was your presentation, and part of it was your report that you typed up and turned in with your references and all that. He went to the teacher, and he said, "Uh, how how much of this is the oral presentation? The teacher told him. He said, so you're telling me I can pass and not do that? She said, yeah, but that's not what I want you to do. He said, here's my report. I I can't. I can't. Talked to him about two months ago. He said, Neil, I think I'm, I'm going to try to stand up and preach a sermon. The same kid in high school that was scared to death, willing to almost fail a class over it, has grown to the point now he believes he's, he wants to present a sermon.
0: Yeah, there's... there's a, a, One of the most common fears that people have is the fear of public speaking. Uh... And you know, for for different reasons, people have that fear. I, I, you know, maybe they're a, f- a fear of embarrassment, right? They're afraid they're gonna say something wrong or fumble over a word, and then everybody's just gonna stand up and laugh at them and start throwing things at them. But that. You know, people may giggle, but you you can giggle too. It's right. funny sometimes, right? Uh it's not that serious. Um, you you're afraid you're gonna misquote something or say something wrong I've misquoted scripture many times not meant to and Absolutely. and people came afterwards and corrected me but nobody's going to stand up in the middle of the, the sermon and you're wrong you how dare you you know it's <laughs> uh, yeah people have a little bit more tact than that sometimes but um, well and you're looking at a
1: situation where everybody wants to see you succeed yes you're up there preaching the gospel but if they're truly there for the right reason. They want that to be a powerful message from God's Word that gives them something to think about or makes them realize, hey, I need to change something yeah. or verifies, yes, okay, that's what I, I knew that was right. Now, now that reaffirms that they're, they're on your side. Yes,
0: everybody is now, on high your school, team.
1: <laughs> I understand because they're looking to laugh at you. They want to yeah. make fun of you. Not when Not you get up to deliver... A message, whether it be a devotional, whether it be a sermon, and you're scared to death and shaking everybody out there is thinking, just be calm. Just preach the word. Just, it's okay. We're here for you. We're not. And I think once you get to that realization, it helps with the confidence. Had a young man go with me last Sunday who, very young in the faith, Mm -hmm. and he. We were riding down. It was quite a distance this time. And he was riding down. He said, I, I want to I pray. I want to offer the prayer. And I said, well, okay. He said, well, I don't know. I mean, how will they do that? I said, I'll take care of it. So we got there. And you know, I talked to the guy that makes sure everybody's where they're supposed to be, whatever. And uh, Michael, they, they weren't long prayers. You but you me. talking about well-worded and sincere and from the heart i felt every word that he prayed and and it would just i hope it wasn't wrong but it filled me with pride to know that that young man grew that much that day that he was
0: willing to stand before others and dress God in prayer that's and that's honestly to me uh, preaching is is one thing you know you're talking to a big crowd of people but man prayer communal prayer is one of the most powerful things that we do that I, I think we miss that sometimes
1: i do too and we were discussing he said i just i want to make sure i say things right i want to it's not like me just praying i can pray because it's just me and him but i i want to make sure that i'm praying where it where it it meets the needs of others mm-hmm. and I'm, man live there's there's people who've been Christians for many years that don't realize that, that that is the intent of that prayer, and he just did a phenomenal job. Um, he had he had written out what he wanted to say, and he said I don't like the way I, I I need the words to sound better than that. That doesn't that's, and he got him a dictionary and a thesaurus and he looked and he changed that. Now understand, folks. He wasn't doing that to be lofty and have great flowery words. That's not what I'm saying. He wanted sincerely for the prayer to meet the needs of the congregation. And he wanted to pray it in such a way that it didn't sound like a uh, somebody who just really didn't know how to get their point across. He knew what he wanted to say. He just didn't have the vocabulary. So he
0: found the vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. And you know, sometimes... Neil, I'm going to admit, sometimes I write prayers that I give after classes or even on Sunday mornings because I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to miss something. Right. Right? There's something important that has happened. Somebody specifically really needs prayer, and I have the worst short-term memory. <laughs> and by the time it takes me to get from my pew to the microphone, I'm going to forget what it is I was supposed to pray for or I've done a whole thirty-plus minute lesson, and I don't remember what I'm supposed to pray for because I was so focused on the lesson. Right. So, I, sometimes I write I down, I jot notes down about the things that I need to pray for for with with the congregation. Now, of course, like you said, when I'm when I'm praying to God, that's between me and him, and he yeah. is searching the depths of my heart to understand what I'm trying to say anyway, but. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you, we, one of the things we do when we pray in our worship services is, is trying to, to meet the needs, the spiritual needs of, of the people that are there. So You're
1: addressing the Almighty Father on behalf of everyone, so you want to pray in such a way that it, it is for the, the church, mm-hmm. and yet for individuals too. And that, that takes some thank you uh, but I tell you what, it, when, when you're that interested in making sure that, that you're, you're addressing God, but you're addressing the needs when you're, you're praying for somebody, that's sincerity. Yeah. That, that was not pretentious in any way. That was sincerity. And he even asked me, he said, is there anything wrong with that? I said, absolutely not. No. He said, what if I get nervous when I get up there and forget it? He said, "I've got it on my phone." I said, "Take your phone with you." Take your phone
0: with you. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, going back to the uh, yeah, as we we're, we're kind of coming close on time, but I want to come back to the the fact being that it's hard. Not that it's hard to get young people to do things, but that young people aren't wanting to become preachers and the pressure that's involved with that um and we discussed some of those reasons just here today yeah because they feel like i can't i can't do that that's just too much yeah Uh, we we need to do as the church not that we do a bad job of trying to encourage uh, preachers in general but especially young preachers or less experienced preachers but We need to do a better job of being sincere in our encouragement of those preachers absolutely not that it's a bad thing but it's even from from the time i first started preaching when i i wasn't even a year into being a christian and i was already preaching in 2017 to even to now uh I get the same comments about three that you're going to hear. That was a good lesson. We we're glad you were here today. Or I enjoyed your lesson. I enjoyed your lesson. Yeah. I get the, the same comments every time. And to a young preacher because of the heat of the moment you know maybe they're like yeah you know thanks I, I really appreciate that. Absolutely. But as time goes on and as <laughs> more people even in the same day after the same lesson have the exact same thing to say they'll be like oh well they're just being polite we need to do a better Sincerer. job of listening to these guys and connecting with them about their lessons I mean being sincere about our encouragement and not just you know saying well that was a good lesson today and feeling like you did your part to encourage them yeah yeah so,
1: Sincere compliments mean so much more. Things like, you know, I'd never thought about when you said da-da-da-da-da-da. It just it lets you know, folks are listening. I accomplished my purpose. I've got you thinking. And now maybe you'll go think on that more and study it more in depth and, and have a better handle on it. You know, I, I think folks don't understand the importance of preaching. Mm-hmm. That was God's plan. That's how the gospel gets out there. Now, the plan of the church is to deepen and enrich that teaching. Spend time together. And if all you're coming to hear is a sermon, a sermon, oh, even on a topic, is not meant to cover everything about that topic. It's the few points that the preacher has decided to, to hit that day. And he can't develop those in-depth
0: many times. Just to You'd be there all day.
1: Yeah and the idea is to to put that out there now you got a bone to chew on take that back and study it some more
0: yeah and that that makes me that makes me think about some of the, the other things i've been studying and reading lately that that we in western culture and this goes all the way back to greek and roman times that in western culture we are more focused on presenting new ideas and learning new ideas instead of reinforcing the things that we've already learned in the past which in Hebrew culture like in Jesus' day you could walk up to nearly any Jewish man and most, even today and they they could just start reciting Torah because instead of presenting new ideas they focus more on repetition and ingraining themselves in the things and the truths that they already know and are familiar with, right? And so I think sometimes we we hear a sermon and then because we hear another sermon later that day or we hear a Bible study lesson and we hear two sermons after that, uh, I mean, we, we lose efficiency mm-hmm. when we're presenting new ideas, three new ideas on a Sunday, right? Um, I think even beyond just the pressure we put on preachers, we have put so much pressure on sermons to make disciples. That it's just completely ineffective almost sometimes. It's in the analogy that I've found that I think is really clever and I like to use is that it's somebody walking into a nursery in a hospital full of newborn babies and spraying milk over the top of them and saying, okay, they're all, they've all been fed today. But that's not how that works. Uh, the, the sermon presents ideas, but I, I, I think sometimes the church is more concerned about presenting new ideas than reinforcing the things they've already heard or, or supposedly been taught. Uh, there's, there's a story... Um, that i heard told of a preacher uh that started a new work a new ministry at a new congregation and uh he was there a few weeks and he heard about this conflict that was happening amongst the members of the church and so he preached a sermon about love and about conflict resolution um turns out i guess uh it it wasn't effective because problems continued even after that sermon even that very week he comes back the next sunday preach the exact same sermon everybody's a little confused but they're like okay maybe he just forgot he did this lesson last week or his schedule was messed up or whatever and he just preached the same sermon comes back the next week preaches the same sermon for the third sunday in a row the elders finally say come up to him after services and they say, we need we need to talk and they tell him you've preached this same sermon three times in a row. And he says, Yeah, it just seems like nobody's listening to me, so as if you guys need to hear it again, I'm planning on doing it next week too. <laughs> you know, we, we can we can present new ideas, but it doesn't do any good if you're not acting on The lessons you're hearing? We talked about in education. What do you really
1: want to accomplish? Do you want them to have a broad amount of knowledge, about an inch deep? Or do you want them to deeply understand a smaller range of information? And which do you want? I mean, you can do the surface, but to truly to get those kids to do calculus and trigonometry it has to be a deeper understanding yeah and in christianity i think the whole idea was the apostles those that were scattered abroad they preached about jesus christ and who he was and what he did and what that means now you take that and chew on that and what does that mean in your life how do we do that in life how do we take what we've learned and we're excited about how do we get that to others and who needs to hear this and
0: I think that's what they did in the and first century. It, it was a daily process was. for them. Not just a few times a week we come together at a specific building. Every single day. From house to house. Together. Yeah,
1: We miss that too, Michael.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the idea that house to house, it wasn't one person doing all of the inviting people to their houses. It was spending time in one another's houses and literally becoming a part of one another's lives. And uh, you know, I think about how we used to have family reunions when I was growing up. And there was about two of my aunts that made sure that 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 was organized and happened. You know what happened when they passed?
0: The same thing that's happening to my family reunions. They don't happen anymore, do they? they do, but they are barely scraped together. Ours don't even happen, folks. Just, just quit. I, I think as soon as it's my my great great granddad's or no, it's my great granddad's generation uh, that is that part of the family. As soon as that generation's gone, those family reunions I, I'm, they're, they're going to stop. Folks
1: have become so busy that that they don't have time for each other and I'm afraid we've done the same thing in the church
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we don't realize that to truly fellowship as a congregation we are members individually of one body. body. That means we've got to be together to function as a body. Yeah. Uh, so, and, I, and I think that is what is weak <clears throat> the big part what's weak in the church and a lot of it is just our culture. Yeah. I mean Folks have got this to do, that to do. The other day, we we got kids in baseball. we got kids in basketball. And, and you know, those things I've are all got well meetings and good. After, after work, at school. There's no yeah. time. Three nights a week, I'd have a meeting.
0: Yeah, and those, those things are all well and good. Do them, if you're compelled to do them. In moderation. In moderation. Don't put them. Sacrifice. Above God. Do not sacrifice. And above God's people. I'm, I'm sorry, but you, you cannot connect with God unless you connect with God's people. That's, that's, that's a huge purpose. misconception that, that people have today that, well, I can be a Christian without being part of the church or being part of the religion, the organized religion. You cannot. You can't be part? You cannot be part of the kingdom unless you're making contact with the ecclesia.
1: Christ is the head of the church. And to quote Chase in one of his sermons, so you're telling me if you don't want the church, you just want Christ, you just want a disembodied head to walk around Yes. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't work that way. No. I think we're out of time, brother. Yes, sir. You want Shall churches. we end in prayer? Yes. Lord, we are so thankful for the many opportunities we have to be able to talk to others about you. For the many facets that are available to us today to be able to get your word out there. And we pray, Lord, that we always take advantage of every one of those opportunities opportunities and as we take advantage of those we always ask that you would give us wisdom to properly address those things that they come across in love and in desire to see other souls saved we thank you so much for our congregation here at double springs and the many congregations that are here in cookville and the surrounding areas when we pray for each one of them that they might experience growth in spirit And we pray that in doing so, they will learn how to better serve you and serve one another and reach out into the community and bring lost souls to you. We ask for your guidance as preachers of your word, that we would always stand behind your cross and boldly speak your truth without wavering, that would always come from a place of love and of compassion and urgency. Lord, we ask that uh, you would be with the many who are unable to join with us because of sickness or other things. And we pray, Lord, that you would show us what we might be able to do to help them come back, to be able to feel like being in your worship service again, that they might be part of the assembly once more. Lord, we ask that you watch over and protect us, guide every effort that we do, but that it always bring glory to you, for in Christ we pray. Amen.